Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. Chuck, I know you're in Gainesville this morning. It's been a, a pretty long night for you. You think about the game starting last night in Athens at 9 o'clock and then waking up early this morning. I, I would assume you haven't had a lot of time to kind of figure out what you're thinking on this Saban and now this Belichick story that's just come out. Well, Saban stuff happened yesterday uh, before we went to the arena. I got to tell you, when we got on the bus to head over there, uh, there was a lot of conversation about Nick Saban, to be real honest with you. I'm not saying necessarily with Musk, but, you know, just among the rest of us that were sitting on the bus. So, yeah, I mean, that was a, um, you know, that was, it was shocking, you know. I think everyone knew it was going to happen at some point. There were a lot of people that speculated it might happen now, but it's still shocking when it happens. Yeah, I, I think the announcement itself, but I thought it was coming. Like, I just felt like this was coming down the pipe. I said that the, this NIL stuff, like the combination of the NIL, the combination of the transfer portal, and the multiple transfers, you look at what happened with Coach K, Roy Williams, and Jay Wright, all legendary coaches in the college basketball sphere who are at a point, Wright's a little younger than the other two, but at a point, they just, they just didn't want to deal with it anymore. And I don't know, again, the 100% backstory on this, but I think that played a huge role I why Nick Saban hung up his headset in Tuscaloosa as of yesterday. Well, it might have. We'll have to see what he says. You know when it, uh, you know when he addresses all this, when he speaks about it. Um, I don't know. You know, only only he knows that. Now you look at where they're going to go moving forward. Paul and Fayetteville texted on the McCarty Daniel hotline asking about are Texas fans no- nervous, referring to Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, Tommy and I are under the impression, Chuck, that this decision is going to be made uh, sooner than later. They probably have their guy in place already. Uh, kind of what are your, when you were talking yesterday on the bus, is that kind of where the conversation went, where they're going to next? Well, first off, none of us know. You know, none of us that were talking about it knew. I mean, we were all just kind of speculating. But, you know, the one thing that I would say about that job is that you better be larger than life um, because that'll swallow you up. It'll eat you alive. And I've heard a lot of names thrown around. I've not heard very many that I don't think would be swallowed up by the job. Uh, There are a lot of really good coaches out there. There are a lot of great coaches out there. But being the coach at a place like that's different. I'm old enough to remember Alabama when they were dysfunctional. You know, when Bear Bryant retired, they hired Ray Perkins, and they were, I mean, they were adrift for the better part of 20 years, you know, and um, I could see something like that happening again if you don't hire the right guy. See, you don't think that. Why do you think it's going to be different post-Nick Saban than post-Bear Bryant? I I think I would agree more on the line that it's not going to necessarily go Perkins route, but I could see them, again, dropping off a good chunk from where they've been well, the last 20 years. I didn't say I didn't think No, it was I'm, looking be like that. I'm looking at Tommy. I'm looking at Tommy. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sorry. I think even if Nick Saban had stayed five more years, there was going to be a decline just simply because I think the, the gap is closed with the portal and NIL. I mean, Nick Saban won 
six titles at Bama, seven total in his career, but six and 17 years. And we were talking about this earlier. I need to look up how many times did he finish either in the playoff like he did this year, um, finish second, runner-up to Clemson. We, we, we've seen that. I mean, Two of the his, last three years. his greatness mm-hmm. isn't only measured in the titles he won, but I don't think this run, not just because of age, but because of the landscape of the sport, wasn't going to sustain even with him. So, yeah, I mean, there's, it, it wouldn't be a reasonable thought to think that there's, there's going to be mm-hmm. anywhere close to the same level after him. The only the only coach, Chuck, I see out there that can make a run to do anything close to what Saban's done is going to be Kirby Smart, and he's he's got two no titles way. on the board now. Hey, and he, no and he won't do it, but he's the only one out there I see that could possibly Well, uh, I, I, I think that there are a couple of guys out there. Uh, there's another one coaching in our league that I think is up to the task. No, I don't, but, I don't, mean, I don't mean Kirby going to Alabama. I mean Kirby having the kind of resume uh, that Saban – I didn't mean Kirby leaving to go to Bama. I mean – Someone equaling what Saban's accomplishments. The well, only there's one not there anybody could, out there yeah. other than him, and, yeah. and 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 he's not going to do a couple of things yeah. on 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 this. Um, here's my honest take. I thought Alabama had some. Uh, I thought they slipped some this year. I think Saban did a great in-season coaching job. Maybe his best. I don't know, but it was a great in-season coaching job. But there had been a little bit of slip in talent. Not a dramatic slip but enough to keep them from winning the national championship. It's what's, what's it been, three or four years now? Um, and mm-hmm. for Alabama, unfortunately, the standard has been set so high that that is all that will do is winning at all. I think the thing's slipping, and I think Saban's going to let it happen on somebody else's watch. The difference in Saban and guys like Joe Paterno and Bobby Bowden is Saban's filthy, stinking rich, and those guys weren't. You know, they coached in an era where coaches make good money. I'm not saying that. But those guys, I guarantee you can count on one hand the number of million-dollar contracts those guys had, whereas Saban makes $12 million a year. So I think he's going to let this thing slip on somebody else's watch, and I think it will slip. But I don't think if they hire the right guy, they won't be down long. But I don't think anybody – um, is going to go into Alabama and do what Saban did. Uh, I, I just, I just, I just don't see that happening. At least not now. I think they'll they'll wander through the woods a while before it happens again. Yeah. I mean, when they have an eleven and two year, <laughs> or or a, a a year where they get to the playoff and lose lose maybe their first game there, it'll be interesting to see what what fan reaction is. I mean, are the fans at Alabama understanding that maybe recalibrating well, expectations no. are going no. to have to happen? And <laughs> of course you, not. You just hear the words come out of your mouth and you say, well, yeah, I mean, that's ridiculous. To think that I mean, there would be rational that's, thought that's, amongst fans. You know? That's why I say you've got to have a larger-than-life personality. There's, there's, there's got to be someone who can, who can rise above that. Um, someone who can tell people to shut up, and they'll do it. Kind of like Saban. Um, somebody that instills a little bit of fear in everyone, like Saban. Um, now, lots of times in sports, you go from one pendulum or one extreme to the other as the pendulum swings. I mean, you go from, I mean, we do it. Lots of places do it. You go from one type guy to another type guy. I promise you the people in that football office are weary, and they have been for 17 years. Because I'm sure working for Saban is very, very difficult. I'm sure working in that building is very, very difficult. Sometimes when within the building there's weariness from that type personality, they go in a completely different direction. Sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. 
I just remember when Eddie Sutton left and went to Kentucky and how it swallowed him, how it ate him alive. And he's a Hall of Fame coach. But that job just ate him alive. Those people ate him up. It swallowed him. The same thing can happen to a guy like Dan Lanning. In fact, I think it would. Same thing can happen to a guy like Sark, and I think it would. I think they'd just be eaten alive. I don't think they'd have anywhere close to the success that Saban's had, and I think they'd end up getting fired um, or end up forced out. That's the one thing about this job, and it's the one thing about a lot of these great coaches out there. Most of them already have good gigs. Mm-hmm. Why would Dan Lanning leave Oregon to go to Alabama? Why would he do that? Now, I know it's Alabama, but why would he, why would he leave what he has going right now? Why would he do that? Um, don't forget, too, Alabama plucked Nick Saban out of the NFL. Mm-hmm. I know he was a college coach at heart, but that's where he was when they hired him. So I wouldn't rule anything out. No. I think you asked that question. If you're Dan Lanning, I don't think you can get the same caliber of linemen up to Eugene as you can in Tuscaloosa. And we always talk well, about... Well, everybody knows that. Well, but you, I mean, that's, but, the, that's the answer to the question, right? Is that in order to win in college football, we've seen it, it it's kind of reverted back the last three years with Georgia and Michigan. Georgia's dominated trench play. Michigan did this year. You can't win today's sport with having just over-the-top offensive and defensive linemen. And as good as Oregon can get at the quarterback position, at the skill position, at the skill position, they can't match up at the tackle or guard or whatever spot. So if you're Dan Lanning and you know that and you're a college football guy, that's the reason you take the job. Kind of like Brian Kelly going from Notre Dame to LSU. Kelly wasn't ever going to win a national championship at Notre Dame. He might not win ever in LSU. But that's the reason he went down south is because he realized I don't have what I need to win that said national championship. And that's Lanning's ultimate goal. That's why you take the job, regardless of the outside noise, regardless of how much pressure is put upon you with taking over Saban's role. That's why you take the job. Well, I don't think it's necessarily because you can get better linemen. I think you do it because it's Alabama and uh, because of the fact that, you know, they are the and have been. Uh, one of the two or three preeminent programs in the country for a long time. And, um, you know, if, if, if you go, that's why you go, because you don't turn down Alabama. Because if you turn it down, it'll never be offered again. Yeah. And you may not ever get a big offer again if you turn down Alabama. But I, 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 if, if, <laughs> if it's someone like Dan Lanning, um, boy, I'd think long and hard about well, it. I really would. You know, Nike's got all that money. They're not going to give Tiger Woods now. They can give it to Dan Lanning. to stay in Oregon. So they get all that free money from uh, Woods. They're not going to pay him. Why don't you be the new face of Nike golf? Hey, I'm, I'm available. Chuck, I am you available. Can, you can do it, too. I mean, I'll, I'll buy you a pair of golf shoes if I am. We were talking. I need some golf shoes. We were talking about Quinshaw Junkins, the money that maybe opens up and, and Ole Miss. By the way, they added Logan Diggs, LSU running back, so they're seemingly keep adding pieces. Wonder for Nike now not spending money on Tiger, how much money in their marketing department yeah. opens up at yeah. that point? I don't think Dan but, Lanning's going to get it. Yeah. Well, one of the things you have to remember here, guys, when we talk about Nike money, it's really Phil Knight money. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know Nike, Nike's you know Nike's got to answer to a board. They're not uh, they're not <laughs> writing a Nike check to uh, to Oregon. Phil Knight's writing that check. But you're right. I mean, if they want to keep him from a financial standpoint, I, I don't think money's the issue here. Um, he's he's going to be making. You know, silly money wherever he goes. Mm-hmm. So Nick Saban's 72 years old. He has done college football a great service for all these years, not just in Tuscaloosa, but at other pit stops as well. If he chooses to retire, I think it's like Burden in Georgia and just hang out with Terry down there. 
So be it. Do what you want. But there are going to be people vying for his services moving forward, whether it's the Southeastern Conference and the David Cutcliffe-like role. Maybe it's the college football playoff. He's good on television. I don't know what's in his mind, and you don't have to know a day after the announcement of his retirement, but I am curious to see what he does, if anything, still within college football. Well, I've said before, I think he should be the the commissioner. I think he should be the commissioner of college football. I don't know that he's going to do it. I have no idea. He may sit by the lake. He and his wife may travel. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. But um, I've always thought he should be the commissioner of college football, you know, and I think they need I, one in the worst way. That's I can great, tell you what he's going to do. Anything he wants. He's, he's got plenty him. of money, and um, now he's got, he's got one thing he's never had before now. Time. Well, Saban's always had a purpose. These guys have always lived, you know, to – to, to coin the you know to coin the book a purpose driven life I yep. mean they have they have they they have always uh, there's always been something dangling out there there's always been and look Saban I mean the guy eats uh, grilled chicken salad every day at lunch so he didn't have to think about what he's going to have I, I mean this is a guy that um, has lived a coach's life to the core and that part you know he's he's still going to be a coach tomorrow when he wakes up and the day after that and the day after that. You don't just change the way you think because you stop doing it. And I, you bring up his eating habits, Chuck. I always found it funny because I knew that. And you know what he has for breakfast? Two oatmeal, two little oh, yeah. Miss Debbie oatmeal cream pots. And it, it's kind of a uh, um, a thing that the campus was doing last night. Of course, he's got the statue outside of, I guess, Bryant Diddy Stadium. They put a bunch of, it's like, a, it's not, he's not dead, but they're, they're almost acting like he is. They're putting a bunch of oatmeal cream pies and other Alabama memorabilia out there and stuff. I mean, it is, I would say that in Tuscaloosa, everyone is sad and, and frust, not maybe frustrated, but just disheartened this morning. And then everywhere it's the else, end of an era. other SEC towns are celebrating. Particularly. Well, they rolled Toomer's Corner yes. at Auburn. They rolled Toomer's Corner <laughs> yesterday. So, I mean, that uh, tells you they were excited. It's almost like the Wicked Witch is dead. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure that's kind of how they feel. Yeah. And uh, I don't, I don't, I, look, the clear winner yesterday was Georgia. If you want to talk about who benefits most from Alabama being, you know, from Saban retiring, it's Georgia. No question. Because there's nobody to challenge him now. Yeah. They are uh, pretty much, I would say, 100% locked, but it is going to be because you thought there was a chance for a rematch next year. Now it's going to be Georgia and everyone else behind. I think LSU gains a lot potentially, depending on what happens in Michigan. If Brian Kelly is a candidate there, but. I would say Georgia's definitely one, and then probably LSU and Ole Miss are right there. We talk about the the glass ceiling all the time of only a certain number of SEC teams doing. With what Lane Kiffin added in the offseason, they didn't have Bama on the schedule to begin with. Now they potentially don't have to contend with them in the SEC championship. They do have Georgia, though. But Well, now look, Alabama's not going to suck next year. I'm not saying that. Let's, let, let's not sit here and act like LSU, and of course there's not going to be the West next year. But let's not sit here and act like LSU just ascends to the throne or that Ole Miss, you know, has two more wins. Or, you know, um, Alabama's still going to be good. I mean, but it's just may not be – it's just not going to be like Saban. But Alabama today, I mean, I don't think Ole Miss is suddenly better than Alabama just because Saban's not there. I don't think that. Well, we'll have to wait and see. It kind of stinks, this announcement. I mean, it's January the 11th, and we have several, several days – the college football season begins in August, but plenty of time, as old Steve Spurrier used to call it, talking season. There will be plenty of speculation these next several months on what Alabama looks like and the conference looks like, especially with the additions of 
Oklahoma and Texas, Chuck. Hey, guys, before we go on, I want to talk to you about Weicker Realtors for just a second. Those of you who are in the real estate market, those of you who are buying or selling a home, thinking about it, paying attention, at least trying to, to what's going on in the housing market, partner with a pro. That's what I did at Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company. I really think that now more than ever, that's the way we all ought to go, particularly when it's in the real estate market. Talk to somebody who really understands what all this means because it matters right now. This is a large investment, maybe the most money you've ever spent in your life. And you want to have the realization that, I mean, this changes sometimes literally from street to street. You want someone that knows the market. If you're building a home, you want someone who has contact with the builders. You've got to get this thing inspected. You've got lenders. You've got title companies, lots of things to deal with. And they'll make it easy at Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company. I partnered with them multiple times to buy and to sell. That's been my experience, and I think that'll be your experience, too. Now, they've got an office in Fayetteville. They're in Springdale, Bentonville, Fort Smith. They're in Branson now. And, of course, you can always log on to WeikerGriffin.com. So we're talking about Georgia. Chuck, you were in Athens last night. I know that uh, Brian Custer and Jimmy Dykes referred to the excitement on the uh, the television broadcast that Saban is retiring. And their fans ended up being excited post-game as well in a 76-66 to 66 win over Arkansas. I'm going to hear from Eric Musselman coming up. They made a run in the second half, cut it to with three at one point. They fought uh, as you were talking with Muss in the postgame, but unfortunately Georgia just knocked down some shots where they needed to, and Arkansas couldn't hit a lot down the stretch. Yeah, they were better than they were against Auburn, but, um, you know, they never led. I mean, Georgia mm-hmm. led wire to wire. So, um, you know, Arkansas did make runs, and they did get within three, and, and um, it got close there in the second half at the end. But, um, you know, it's not very often that you go to Stegman Coliseum and trail wire to wire. But that's what happened last night. And, um, you know, realistically, I think leaving town, the thinking was, man, if we could just split. I mean, we could split. Then you've got A&M and South Carolina at home, both of whom I think are beatable. Both of, the, both of those are winnable games. But um, he didn't get it last night. Now, Georgia's won 10 straight. They're playing well. Mm-hmm. Florida's 0-2-2 now. You know, they lost to Ole Miss and gave up a bunch of points doing it last night. So somebody's got to win a ball game Saturday. And, yeah, and maybe it'll be Arkansas. You had your chances last night. Musk was open and honest. A lot of it came down to missed layups and missed opportunities. Ten missed layups in the first half. I mean, ten point-blank missed layups. we got to get better. You know, all I can do is, as a staff, go back and, you know, we had some good, clean looks out of timeouts, open threes. Uh, we miss them. They go down and, and hit a three, and we got to make shots. I mean, the opposing teams, I mean, their shooters are making shots. We, <laughs> we have to make open jump shots just like SEC shooters are doing against us. So he referenced the layups. They go three for 21 from the three-point line last night and 15 of 22 from the free throw strike. So, and again, a lot of those threes yeah. were open, guys. They just... They just missed him last and, night. And really, you know, Jalen Graham, I think, missed his first four. And uh, he was mm-hmm. tough early, came off the bench and, and got and got to the hole and got fouled. But, you know, doesn't do, doesn't do you any good to get there, Chuck, if you're not going to make the free throws. Yeah, I think he was one of six. Yeah, I think at was. one point they were one of six, and all of them were from Graham. Right. And um, so, yeah, that uh, <clears throat> that's, that's, that's not why they lost, but it didn't help because Georgia you – know, Georgia took control. I mean, they did. They're uh, – um, you know, it, it, it pains me to say it, but right now Georgia's better than Arkansas in basketball. At least their team on the floor was last night, and that is frustrating to say, but 
that's 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 where it is. Tommy made a point yesterday. I did. I wasn't on the app, but Tommy pulled up the Bet Saracen app, and he's like, you know, Georgia's favorite, and I just assumed Arkansas would be. But that just kind of tells you not just what Vegas thinks of you, but what the college basketball public thinks of you right now. Now we're two games. Well, that's in. what they think of Georgia too. I mean, forget Georgia. You know, Georgia was nine and zero on their home floor going into the game last night, and now they've won not only ten straight at home, they've won ten straight overall. They've not lost since November 19th. So I think that a lot of that's probably what they think of Georgia as much as what they don't think of Arkansas. Yeah. And Georgia's 2-0 and in SEC play. That's probably the number that right now matters more than anything. Mm-hmm. SEC, if you look at the standings right now, there are five undefeated teams, Auburn, Kentucky, Georgia being one of those, Alabama and LSU. Uh, some teams that are over. I don't think many people expected Arkansas to be over at this point. A&M also 0-2. And then again, Chuck, you referenced the Florida team you play on Saturday, Missouri, and Vanderbilt also 0-2. So I think this, again, the SEC, we've talked about it. Jimmy Dykes, who we had on last week, thinks it's an eight or nine big league. I think some of those teams we didn't necessarily expect to be good like Georgia. I didn't expect anything from Mike White in year two, but uh, they were pointed out last night that he's had pretty good success in year two in pit stops at Florida and now Georgia. And, well, and he had another pit stop as well. So maybe we should think higher of some teams that we haven't necessarily thought higher of to this point. Well, you know, I, I don't think Georgia's going to win the SEC, but I think that Georgia's got a team that's good enough to – maybe being, you know, somewhere between an 8 and a 10 seed in the NCAA tournament. Um, I do think Georgia's good enough to do that. I, I don't I don't think they're necessarily going to be a team that wins the conference. And I, I'm not sure that they're going to be able to sustain this. They're, they're not a great offensive team, but now they'll guard the heck out of you. They're not spectacular defensively in that they don't force an abundance of turnovers, Over our, although Arkansas really helped them last night. I don't know that Georgia forced all of them, but... Arkansas gave them some last night, but they they're 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 not a high volume turnover steal defense. They don't block a lot of shots. Uh, they just guard you, mm-hmm. and they hold opponents on average to thirty nine percent field goal percentage. And I guess Arkansas. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I think they shot about thirty six, thirty seven, maybe last night, maybe forty, but they're right around what their average was. So that's just kind of what they do, and. You know, they were effective last night. Again, Ar- yeah. Arkansas was better, just just, just not good enough to win. Yeah. And, you know, the turnovers in the game, while the number of the turnovers were close, the points off turnovers oh, weren't. Absolutely. Georgia yeah. took them and, and scored when Arkansas gave them an opportunity. They made shots. What yeah. Must said a minute ago is right now. Arkansas didn't play terrible last night. They just didn't make shots. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly right. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in downtown Hot Springs, Arkansas is the perfect destination for your next getaway. Join them for a romantic Valentine's Day getaway with a special dinner or romance package. Or if you're coming to town for live racing, they've got room for you every weekend, including Martin Luther King Day weekend and President's Day weekend. Experience all the luxury and hospitality of a Grand Southern Hotel. The accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more details. That's ArlingtonHotel.com. Call or text the McClarty Daniel hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McClarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McClarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McClarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas. 
Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. We've been kicking this tire all morning, but we haven't really approached it and given our opinions on who the next Alabama head coach is going to be. And if you want to give us your opinion, you can call or text us. I think it's going to be Dan Lanning. Uh, he's rumored to have been in Tuscaloosa in the last 24 hours, reportedly, from a couple different people out in Eugene. Now, when this happens, there are wild stories that are spread around. He's like 36 years old. He's coached there. He's got, he was just on television recently. Is that the right decision for Greg Byrne and their administration? Awake? I don't know. But guys, if I had to put my money on one guy, and Tommy, you mentioned the, the Vegas odds earlier, he's at the top of the list. I know it's kind of a cliche and easy answer on my part. I think it's Dan Landing moving forward. Well, well, I don't, I don't. First off, let me say this: I don't think he's been in Tuscaloosa. Um, that report out of Oregon last night was from a sports television anchor who used to work in Tuscaloosa, who's got relatives that still live there. <laughs> That's, uh, and, and he basically said that on the air. If Landing's going to be the guy and he's leaving Oregon to do it, I suspect when he lands in Tuscaloosa, the first place he's going is to the press conference to accept the job. Uh, there's there, there's not going to be any going in. and The the, the, the days of, hey, bring your wife in and check out the town, uh, that, that stuff doesn't happen <laughs> anymore. That, that stuff does not happen anymore. And no. so um, if, if, if he's the guy, he'll jet into town and they'll introduce him. I doubt he's the guy. I'm just going to say it. I just doubt he's the guy. It's never the obvious guy. And I'm going to tell you something, fellas. You put a 36-year-old in charge of that program, I don't care how good he is, it's going to swallow him up. I think it's interesting, though, that the odds, the Vegas odds, the Bet Saracen odds, all have him as the odds-on favorite at what, plus, I think it's plus 300. Mm -hmm. I find it interesting because I've always thought all along it would be Lane Kiffin. And he certainly has uh, the the experience there in Tuscaloosa. He's a you know a, a saving man, um, experience in the SEC as a head coach. He's the it's the kind of resume you would want to be your next head coach. His odds are like plus seven hundred this morning. That's so, who I'd go after if I was. I would. Alabama. I would too. That would be the guy I'd go for. Is Lane Kiffin? Wow. I didn't think I'd hear that for both. So why, again? I think he's, well, I'll go back to what I said earlier. You've got to have a larger-than-life personality. Mm -hmm. I watched Alabama. I watched Alabama. The closest that they ever had to that guy post-Bear Bryant prior to Saban was Gene Stallings. That's as close as they ever got. Mm -hmm. Uh, Saban's the first one that they've had since Bryant who had that type personality, which is what I think is the first requirement to be successful at Alabama. Forget linemen. I mean, look, recruiting and all that stuff's important, but being able to handle the job and all that comes with it, I think is the first order of business at Alabama. If they don't hire the right guy, it can be a career ruiner. Ray Perkins had been a National Football League coach. They hired him, fired him. He ended up coaching at Arkansas State 
living in a hotel at the end. I mean, he, he never he moved. He, he just became a wandering nomad mm-hmm. by the end of his career. Dennis Francione ruined him. You know, Gene Stallings, again, was as close as they had to really pulling this thing together. But I've seen Alabama in dysfunction, and I've seen Alabama in disarray. And if they don't hire the right guy, they're going to go through this again. If Dan Lanning's hired, if, if, if I was Dan Lanning's advisor and he took this job, you know, he talked about bet Saracen odds. The day he's hired, there's going to be new odds on when he's going to get fired. <laughs> because that is a tough chore down there. And uh, you better hire someone that's able to handle it. Now, Nick Saban, regardless if this is publicly said or not, is going to have a huge impact on who he's going to hire moving forward. And while they're... I don't know that. You don't think so? You I, don't... No, I didn't, I, I didn't say I didn't think so. I said I don't know that. I, do you think, we don't know that. Do you think he's going to have a huge impact on who his predecessor is? No. I, I think he will have an impact. I don't think it will be I, I, a huge impact. I think you're overstating it. I think his impact has already occurred. I think it's based on – Alabama's been one, and may, maybe this isn't the, the thing, but all the, the, the main names we brought up are who? People that have experience where? In Tuscaloosa. His impacts come by the trees built that I think they'll pluck their next head coach from. That, that's the, the greatest impact I think you'll have on it. I love for them to hire Jimbo Fisher, but it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> that, that's now, not Davo Sweeney is. No, an, that's not going to happen. Yeah, that Davo Sweeney is an interesting name with the ties in Alabama. Grew up there as well. Uh, Kirby Smart's not leaving Athens. I think we can all agree upon that. I don't think they would pluck Steve Sarkeesian from Austin, uh, especially after they went to Tuscaloosa. He's well liked in Tuscaloosa. He is well liked in Tuscaloosa. I, if. If I was uh, if, if if I was setting the odds, I would put him as my dark horse. Okay, Mario Cristobal, who's been there, uh, Ryan. I don't think Ryan Day or Norvell are leaving Ohio State or Florida State. Uh, Pete Carroll's looking for a job right now. Uh, what's no. the other? One? Urban Meyer. Mike Norvell would Mike Norvell would leave Florida State for Alabama in a heartbeat. Oh, really? I mean, it, it wouldn't oh, even yeah. take a full second. I mean, they're trying to get out of the league. They're suing their conference. They got locked out at thirteen and zero. Of course, he'd leave. Was that be a name that that you think Alabama would not just consider but hire? Or is that just a name that people are well, kind of tossing out right now? It, is that it, a, what, what I just, just tossed it out. Yeah. I, I just tossed it out. I'm just saying. You said he wouldn't leave Florida State, and I'm saying he'd leave Florida State in a half a second. Yeah, I and I agree with Chuck. And you know, the, the old way of thinking. You know, my mind still wants to wonder. Well, the you know, someone like Lane Kiffin or someone like Norvell knows the recruiting grounds and all that. And I think that's still important. I don't think it's what it once was because of NIL and Portal and all this stuff. But having someone that has a presence in the Southern footprint, I think, is still um, something you got to value if you're if you're making this ch- decision. I think you've got to have again someone that's coached at the very highest level. Um, I do think knowledge of the Southeastern Conference is important, although I don't think it's something that you know, all things being equal, that you don't hire a guy because he has, you know, not as much knowledge of the SEC as somebody else. I mean, Dan Lanning's been out there in the Pac-12. I know he's got knowledge of Southern football, but, um, you know, he's been a long way from the South for a while. Um, I don't think that's an overriding issue, but I do think you have to have an understanding of the Mm -hmm. conference. You have to have an understanding of the expectations and all that comes with it. And that's why I say, before we even get to the X's and the O's, man, you got to be a guy of you got to be a man of steel to handle this, man. man because I mean, this is this is a tough job. And that's why I think Lane Kiffin makes 
sense. He's 48. Oh, I do too. He's 48 I do. years I do. old. He's got everything you just mentioned. He understands that program. I thought he. I've thought for several years now he would be the successor, but you know we'll have to just wait and see. Do you think that immaturity could still be a part of why certain old heads on that campus refuse to let that happen? Because I no, think that, I mean, you bring up the, the age, the 48 years old. What immaturity are you talking about? I mean, there's... there's recently. Recently? Yeah. I would say there are just some people out there, older heads in the college football world, that still don't like how he goes about his business on social media and that whether that, that's right or wrong, I still think that is something that could potentially prohibit him from getting that said job of how he goes about... Like, who are you referring to? Who are these older heads that... You're talking about his young, hot girlfriend? Is that what you're talking about, about putting those things out on the the Internet? The young, hot girlfriend, you can talk about what he does on social media on a daily basis. and just Alabama was doing a lot of that, too. Alabama was doing the same thing. It just wasn't Saban doing it. I mean, they're not, you know, they weren't quite quite as creative. But, I mean, everybody does social media. Look, we live in a society, for better or worse, it's about owning the other side. They do it through social media. Oh, it's and, for and worse. That's just, it's for that's, worse. Uh, that's, that's just how the world is now. It's about owning the other guys. and um, But you don't win ball games on social media. But I do think that Kiffin has the command presence. Yeah. I'm not saying he's going to be the guy. I'm saying it's got to be that kind of guy. What about Dabo Sweeney, who is a larger-than-life personality, who hasn't adapted to as much as the transfer and NIL world as people in Clemson would have liked, who seems to... Have not had as much success since it started, but as of course the Alabama tie and the Alabama legacy, uh, he is he fits that larger yeah. than life personality mold. And there are people that are getting wary of him in Clemson. Uh, you mentioned the Florida State aspect of being the ACC. Clemson's got the same issues being in that conference. I know that people just assumed he was going to take over for Saban years ago, and his program hasn't been the same. I would guess that's as of yesterday and last week or so, maybe potentially been started up again. Well, you know, if this was five years ago, Dabo would be the favorite, but it's not. And so he's not. And I would be surprised if that happens. Um, I don't know how well that would look. These Alabama folks are going to expect them to, you know, um, they're going to expect the next one to fall out of the sky, you know, and have a little glowing aura about him as he walks on their campus. And that's what they expect. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they, they see Saban as, you know, beyond your normal human oh, yeah. and that's what they want to oh, replace he, him. Yeah. Hey, they've um, sainthood there. Yeah. So I, I, uh, but I don't, I, I would be surprised if it's Dabo. I'll put it that way. I would think, okay, because of the length, Kevin, we'll end it on this. You guys are, again, if you're pushing one guy, it'd be him. You talk about I'm eating. not pushing him, Ty. I'm saying that it's got to be that kind of guy. If it's, it's okay. got to be that kind of guy. That is the guy. If that, I was Alabama, I'd sure consider him, yeah. I think that job would potentially eat him alive, too. I think it's in the same, and you could say that Lanning's a few years younger, and that's fine, but I think that job, that pressure – Ole Miss, there's not any pressure. The first time they've ever won 11 games was this year at his leadership. And you can say he doesn't get the same type of players. Guys, they're the number one team in the transfer pool right now. He's you can say players. the same thing about Oregon, though. You can say the same thing about Oregon. But it's not in the South. And it, it, there's never going to be the same caliber of players in high school ranks or even in the transfer portal, most part, that is in the South. Ole Miss is a much less pressure-packed job. Kiffin can say whatever he wants. He would be better off career-wise staying in Oxford than landing in Tuscaloosa because he would get fired quickly as well. I, th- I totally disagree. Yeah. 
to sit here and say you'd be better off. I mean, listen to what you just said. You'd be better off staying at Ole Miss than going to Alabama. That job. Do you really believe that? Yes. Do you really believe that? If, if we're going to say the same thing about Dan Lanning and that job being that alive, I feel the same way about Lane Kiffin. Again, there is not the same pressure in Oxford, Mississippi, as the head football well, coach there, than there is in well, there's Alabama. there's not anywhere. There's, there's not the, anywhere. Falling the greatest coach well, of all time. Everyone and knows doing that. that in yeah. the unorthodox way. Well, that, that, okay, let, can, I, can, can I talk? Well, I mean, I have an opinion on this. Let me well, share it. Say something that we don't already know. Well, you guys are you guys. You can't say one thing about one coach, and then it not be the same about another who well, loves Kiffin, the loves the Kiffin attention. Kiffin has a much different personality than Lanning. Yes, who loves the attention, loves getting asked about certain things. He loves it. He might love it more than winning games. So this idea that that job, that pressure, wouldn't get to him at this point. Who is again? Who never beat Saban? By the way, there's plenty of other assistants, three or four of them, that found a way to crack the Saban code. He never did. And by the way, Saban ran him off prior to the national championship game when he was the offensive coordinator because he didn't feel like that he was fully invested in that program. Alabama fans haven't forgotten that either because they lost that said national championship game to Clemson. So this idea that he is just a just waiting in the wings, like, oh, that would be much better. I don't agree with that at all. At No all. one's saying that, Ty. You're, you're, you're jumping to this nth degree conclusion. We're not saying hire Lane Kiffin. All I'm saying is it's got to be a big personality. His personality is bigger than Dan Lanning's. I think from, a, from, a, from an emotional standpoint, from a mental standpoint, from a command standpoint, Lane Kiffin would be better equipped to handle that job than Dan Lanning. I'm not saying Dan Lanning's not a great coach. I'm just saying if I had to pick between the two, I'd take Kiffin. But I don't know that either one of those guys is going to be the one. But it's got to be a larger-than-life personality. That's all I'm saying. All right, Todd Murphy now joins us, who at one point was covering football in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Tom, I, I know, again, didn't spend a lot of time, if any, around Nick Saban when he was there because you led or landed in Arkansas prior to that. But it's the biggest story in college football, the biggest story in sports. Your thoughts on his retirement announcement yesterday? Well, it's a huge deal, and I don't think anyone is ever going to uh, be – He's a GOAT. I don't think anyone is going to win as many national championships in the time span that he did. I, 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 covered, his, I covered his hiring and his first spring and actually uh, the first couple of days of camp in 2007 before I came here. Um, someone very close to him I talked to at the time said, this is what he's going to do. He's going to get all the, the, the noise and all the people who feel like they have a stake in how this program is run, and he's going to say, I am making all the decisions. This is, this is my program, and we're going to do it my way, and we're going to win. And there were a lot of voices around Arkansas football, uh, Alabama football. You know, when the Mike Shula era, he was young, and, and, and before that, Mike Price, there was just a lot of voices and people who had a stake in it and made decisions. And when he came in, he took over. And, and the person said, and he will win championships. And that's what he did. And uh, it's we've never seen anything like this. So on the subject of what he could potentially do moving forward, do you expect him to retire and just kind of do leisurely things that retired guys do? Or do you expect him to still to be involved in the sport somehow? That's a great question. I'm sure Miss Terry played a huge role. I'm sure they've been talking about it during the course of this season. Um, and I would not doubt that NIL and the changing 
nature of the game played a role in his decision. I think he's been really good on TV. Um, he may be able to talk Miss Terry into uh, having appearances. I, I don't know if he'd do a weekly thing. Like, you know, that's, that's a tough gig that, uh, like, like say, Lee Corso does, even though he's not on all the time. Uh, but I don't know if he didn't do anything to that extent, but certainly having a hand in commentary like that, I, I think he likes it, and uh, I think I think he's good at it. So, Tom, who's the next guy? Everybody's got an opinion on who will succeed Nick Saban as head coach. Who's on your list? Well, if I was still covering the team, I could check around some and find out maybe who, who's, who they're not going to look at. But I, I tell I think his his quote unquote disciples, um, some of them have their own empires now, like Kirby and Sarkeesian. That why would you do this? You're you're doing something good where you are. You can make your, your name here. But the thing about Alabama is they feel they would feel like they could go after anybody, anybody in college, anybody in pro or college football right now. They could go after. But I I just think there's guys like Kirby and and Steve Sarkeesian, who, who might not do it. Um, Lanning, uh, a popular name, but, man, um, does he have enough of a track record right now? I'm, I'm not certain about that. I hope Kalen DeBoer does not, does not leave. I like his personality. I think he's more low-key. I, I, don't, I don't think the big spotlight would be a good thing for him personally. And even though I don't know him, that's just how I feel about Kalen DeBoer, and I, and I hope he stays at Washington. But... Um, I don't know. There's going to be a lot of guys very, very interested in it. It's hard to follow a legend. No one's going to win six like he did in that time frame. And so how much rope will you have? Is Alabama the best coaching job in college football? Is it today? Mm. I don't know if it's the best coaching job. I mean, it's, it's centralized in terms of all your recruiting. You've got the tradition and all that. But the pressure that comes with it is, is massive. And it's not cut out for everybody. I heard you guys talking a minute ago. You know, a few years ago, I think Dabo would have been a natural successor, but I think his lack of embrace of, of NIL and the changes has hurt him in that regard, and I actually think it probably would rule him out here. So um, I don't know if I would label it the best, but it's certainly among the best. Let's keep talking football with Tom Murphy here on the McCarty Daniel Hotline, but bring it back here to Fayetteville. Tom, Bryce Stevens uh, re-entering the Arkansas football program, it sounds like, exiting the transfer portal. Uh Again, what did you make of that decision that Bryce made? Didn't get a lot of playing time this past season. Right, and I, I just don't know what all factored into that, whether maybe he couldn't find a, a better NIL deal or um, or people weren't coming after him the way he thought. I, I really don't know. Or if he saw that there, there might still be an opening to, to play receiver here. Uh, we'll have to see how that plays out. But, you know, he was – he was better than a serviceable return guy. Um, he had a big one against Miss, uh, Missouri State that Bobby Petrino clearly remembers. And maybe Petrino says, hey, we, we can find a role for you. Uh, but Isaiah Satania is, you know, I think more dynamic as a return guy, and he'll probably continue to have that role, and maybe they can find a way to get Bryce Stevens some playing time. I mean, he showed promise. That catch he made for a touchdown against Mississippi State was a fantastic catch. Ah, no, it was. And then uh, other news on Arkansas side of things. This is a former Razorback. A.J. Green initially committed to Tulsa, now at Oklahoma State. Tom, Arkansas is going to have to deal with him week two in Stillwater. 
Yeah, they will. And that's after Ollie Gordon. And Ollie Gordon uh, was – he's a phenomenal talent at running back. And, I mean, they're going to have to scheme up for sure how to slow that team down. I mean, they have a lot of weapons coming back. But that's that's a ways off. But you, you know A.J. Green's going to get, get some carries in that game yeah. for Tom, sure. Tom, before we go, let's talk about last night's basketball game at Georgia. Arkansas now in an 0-2 hole in the SEC. They fall by 10 to the Georgia Bulldogs, who are surprisingly 2-0 and right now in the SEC race. Right. It's a hole, and, and Arkansas has been in a hole each of the years Eric Musselman has coached here in early in conference play. They've battled their way out of them. Um, you know, I think I said Tuesday that this might be the, the hardest uphill climb looking, but I would say that they fought a lot harder um, last night. Um it's the the playing time. Here's the inconsistency of performance is would be driving me crazy. You got Keon Minifield who has a couple of huge games, and then I'm not sure if he played in the second half last night. Um, they finally got going when Mark, you know, where they ran stuff for Mark, and I I think that's got to be kind of your bell cow going forward. And they've got to get more from Trevin Brazil. And you could tell hearing Eric Mosman last night in post game. The fact they shot three for 21 from three-point range, and their guys had open jumpers and were missing them, and Georgia's guys on the other end were hitting them. It was a difference in the game. I mean, rebounding was fairly close, turnover battle fairly close and all, but just strictly shooting, um, Arkansas trailed. And, and the free throw missing was, you know, Jalen Graham, I, I get it, but Trevor Brazil's got to go up and make free throws. And it's just it was a little bit infuriating probably from, from that standpoint. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Arkansas got a good second half from Tamon Mark, who finished with 24 points, 50% shooting, knocked down all 10 of his free throws. Coach Musselman put him in a lot of action in that second half in Athens last night. Here's what he said about the lefty. Well, yeah, we moved him to the point. You know, his middle pick and roll, he was phenomenal. I mean, he goes 10 to 10 from the foul line. We only take 22 foul shots. He takes 10 of the 22. Thought he was super effective. He leads us in rebounding. You know, our two guards did a great job on the glass, Debo and, and T-Mark. So, you know, I thought he did a good job attacking the basket. And he had three steals in area. You know, we've been talking about trying to create more turnovers, and, and certainly his three steals are things that we're looking for. Chuck, Arkansas had a much better second half offensively, still lost 76-66, to 66, but he was a big reason why he at one point cut the deficit to three in that second half. Yeah, he played a great game. He had, uh, you know, the the points and the rebounds and three steals and three blocks, and I mean, he, he, he really played a good game. And they, um, now they did, Georgia made a little bit of adjustment, they, they, you know, toward the end there, they didn't let him go to his uh, his left quite as much. Um, for whatever reason, they were letting him drive to the left yeah. repeatedly. <laughs> and, I mean, they you can just ring it up when he does that. And he had a great game. Um, 
clearly, though, there is uh, you know there's more to do before they win. Oh, there's no question. One of the guys that did not have a good game and really hasn't had a great start to SEC plays Keon Minifield. He came out only played I think 15 minutes last night. Here was Musk talking about Arkansas's. Uh, addition. They were trapping the pick and roll, but he struggled in both SEC games. These guards are strong. They have good size, but he's definitely struggled in conference play. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing right there. This is a uh, this is a six one, one hundred forty five pound guard, and mm-hmm. um, you you get pushed around a little bit, and um, that's something that he's going to have to adjust to, and I think he will, uh, but. From a physical standpoint, I think when you know you look at Georgia, you know they had their guards were what six four, six five. Abdul Rahim, they list him at six eight. Uh, they had big guards, and you know here's six one, one forty five Menafield, and that's a that's a tough matchup there. That's a little different. So that's again men's basketball last night. Women's basketball takes on Mississippi State tonight at 8 o'clock. The SEC Network, it is a UA faculty and staff appreciation, also junior or Razorback appreciation as well. That's tonight. And then Arkansas takes on Florida this Saturday. So trying to, again, respond to the road. Florida's 0-2. We referenced this earlier, Chuck. Florida's 0-2 just like you are. One of those teams are finally going to get an SEC conference win this Saturday. Yeah, you better make shots because Florida obviously can. They had a hard time defending um, against Ole Miss last night. I guess they'd given up 87 to Kentucky, but they have scored, if I'm not mistaken, 85 and, well, maybe 85 and 85 in their two conference ball games. They've been in the mid-80s both times. So they can score, and they're going to be on their home floor Saturday. Um, You know, Arkansas is going to have to – Look, there's no substitute for making shots. We yeah. can talk about everything until we're blue in the face. There's no substitute for making shots. They did get better looks last night than they did against Auburn at home. Oh, Auburn, I thought so, too. And Muss was adamant about that with you in the post game and in the press conference. They just got to hit them, and hopefully they do. Well, they, they, they did as the game wore on, particularly in the second half. You know, mm-hmm. Tommy was talking about, and we were talking about earlier, the, the, the slow start. I thought early on Arkansas settled. Um, you know, I, I, I thought Georgia's defense was really good early on. And, you know, they, they never deviated from man-to-man. I mean, it was in-your-grill kind of defense. And mm-hmm. Arkansas struggled to get good shots early, but they got better shots as the game went on. But they didn't make enough of them. That's going to do But a lot of that – sorry, sorry. A lot of that 3-21 was settling. Yep. That's going to do it for your Hog Update. It is brought to you by our friends at Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey call 888-8-SPARKY. Guys, we're talking about Nick Saban retirement, and we'll get to more of that in hour number three. Chuck, I saw you share this. Now, I don't have a relationship with this guy. I know people that know him and speak nothing but high things. Captain Gary Crane with the Fayetteville Police Department retiring after 45 years of service. Most of the guys, maybe you don't know who that is. It's the guy that's always helping out with Muss in the post game and walking with them and stuff. I recognize him every time I see him out there on the floor. Yeah, Captain Crane's been around as long as I've been around in Fayetteville, and I think it's probably that way for a lot of people. We are familiar with him on the bench because that's where we see him near the coaches, but um, 45 years with the UAPD. Quite a guy. Yep, 45 years again. It's pretty uh, pretty outstanding career. Just wanted to mention that here this morning. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Before I get to my thought, David Rogers has been patiently waiting on the McCarty Daniel hotline for about 20 minutes. He also wants to jump in on this Saban conversation. David, feel free to give your thoughts with us this morning. Okay. Morning, guys. Um, yeah, I was thinking um, who – I just think Dabo Sweeney would be the best pick because you have to kind of look at who would be most motivated to win a national title at Alabama. Of all the people out there that they could hire – I feel like to him it would be kind of, I don't know, something a little bit more special to him. And that might kind of play in a factor a little bit to what do you guys think? Well, he's an alum, and he's a guy that a lot of people, as Tom brought up earlier, cited was just the, the undeniable choice for the job four or five years ago. Things have changed. Clemson, I wouldn't say has fallen off a cliff, but they are not the same football team. And he has not embraced NIL in the transfer portal like some have, and he would have to in Tuscaloosa if he was going to have success moving forward with this football team, if he was hired. No, I think you're right. Um, Five years ago, again, he would have been the obvious choice, but not today. I I certainly wouldn't rule him out, and I think he'll have some support uh, within some of the people in Tuscaloosa. Sometimes, though, and I know this sounds a little strange, sometimes you can be too close to the situation. And I almost think that Dabo's that way. And um, I just have a feeling that, you know, Alabama, and Tom said this a little bit earlier, I'm sure they feel like they can go hire anybody they want, Mm -hmm. from college to pro. I'm sure that's what they think. And, again, I I wouldn't rule an out-of-the-box guy. Uh, out of this. Now, from what I understand, the reports are that uh, the team was told yesterday that they wanted to have a replacement within 72 hours. Wow. Uh, which, which which leads you to believe that, at the very least, you brought up Jimmy Sexton's name a minute ago. I don't know if it's been with him, but there have been conversations with agents already. And they probably are, you know, they're into high gear right now. And they may very well be down to their guy. They may know today. I don't know. But um, it sounds like they've got a pretty good idea about where they are going. And 
you know, the one thing that you cannot have if you're a sitting head coach, because all the guys that they're going after are big-name guys. They're running successful programs or they wouldn't be considered. The one thing those guys cannot have is a week's worth of speculation about what they're going to do. They want to hit town, take the job, and away we go. Uh, they don't want their name being dragged out there if they're not interested or if it's not going to happen. So um, it, it's, it's, it's going to be an interesting few days. That'll be uh, that'll be something again. Not everyone in just Tuscaloosa is monitoring, but everyone in college football is when it regards to uh, what happens in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Now you mentioned the seventy-two hours. If I'm Sam Pittman, I know other coaches are doing that. I don't know what's quote unquote cheating, but everyone else is doing. It. I'm trying to raid Tuscaloosa. I'm raiding them for every player I think I can get my hands on, transfer portal or not. There is change right now, and there are Alabama players currently they don't know if they're going to stay or not now they've lost some guys to the nfl draft already they've already lost some guys to the portal but every single coach is thinking the exact same thing i am and that should be on the minds of every single staff member within this arkansas football program is what alabama player can we convince to come to fayetteville well i think probably every coach out there feels that way um you know you'd 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 like to go get some of their guys but Look, Alabama, they're going to hire a good coach, and he's going to come in and meet before that team, and he's going to give a great speech, and they're still going to have NIL money, and most of those kids are still going to stay. Some will leave, but you've got to remember, too, there's not a portal period until after spring practice now. So um, you've got an opportunity, a long opportunity, to recruit your team as the new head coach, and maybe that'll be the first order of business for whoever they hire. I would not expect an abundance of their players to leave. Um, I think Arkansas and programs like Arkansas need to stick to their knitting. Um, there will be Auburn, Georgia. Some of those schools will raid that roster. Ohio State, Michigan. Uh, they'll come in and get some of those five stars. Georgia probably will too. And if Arkansas can get some, that's great. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, I don't. I, yes, if if you've got an opportunity to go get a player off their team, you go get them. Sure, everybody's you know everybody's doing that, whether they should be or they shouldn't be. But um, I still think you need to stick to what you're doing. I don't think Saban retiring um, has a real dramatic effect, frankly, today on what's happening with Sam Pittman and his staff and that football program. And yeah, there will uh, potentially. Now you referenced this earlier. Sure, LSU's got some staff changes. Now Bama's going to have some staff changes with Kevin Steele and company. I know. I think Travis Williams has a non-compete, but I am curious, not just at Arkansas, but what coaching shakeup we could potentially see on both offensively and defensively, those sides of the football, with Alabama seemingly hiring a new staff with whoever takes over, if they bring guys with them or if they try to go within this conference. All right, let's talk to Brian in Ozark this morning on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Brian, welcome into the program. Hey, what's going on? Hey, hey. Hey, Brian. I just want to chime in on the – I know that uh, Steve Sarkeesian has been measured in that search for Alabama, but I think it's doubtful that he leaves. Oh my, he's he's pretty set with Texas and getting ready to probably double his salary. But uh, I want to ask you a question uh, about Arkansas basketball. If if Arkansas loses to Florida, what Saturday is the panic button on? I mean, they're not looking too good right now. But even with uh, Kentucky and everybody else playing in Fayetteville, when do you start panicking about Arkansas making March Madness? 
Uh, you know, y'all have a great day. Started 1-5 last year, still made it. They had more con- non-conference wins last season before this season. I mean, I in terms of panic, there's two types of panic. There's fan panic and then there's coaching panic. I don't think Eric Musselman is panicking. He's frustrated. He's trying to figure out, as is the rest of that coaching staff. They were at, in the practice facility at 6.30 a.m. on Sunday, so it's not like they've given up or anything. But, guys, they need a win like air on Saturday in – Gainesville. Gosh, I mean, I would give up my oxygen right now for them to get a win on Saturday. Well, I don't know that I'd go that far, but, um, you know, it, it's uh, it's an important game. Uh, you know, panic's a strong word. Uh, that is one of those fan terms, and, and look, I, I understand there are probably some fans already that are panicked. Uh, there's some fans that <clears throat> won't panic until it's over, or may never panic. Everybody's different in that regard. Is there a sense of urgency? Well, sure there is. Absolutely there is. Um, you know, and, and, and Musk really pointed this out in the non-conference season, and I, I've, I've thought about it a lot and talked about it on this show. You know, Arkansas' stumble this year, their stumbles this year began much earlier than their stumbles began last year and the two years before that. You know, what Arkansas is experiencing out of the gate in conference play, not that unusual. It's what happened in the pre-conference slate that's unusual. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they just don't have the luxury of not winning ball games now. So, uh, look, if the t- if the season ended today, and um, of sixty eight, Arkansas would not be in it. Yeah, and they're going to have to play their way into that field. And I think they understand that. Now, does that mean there's panic? No, but is there a sense of urgency? Absolutely. Yeah, and Florida historically, even with. Great Arkansas teams has been a hard place to win. Arkansas, for whatever reason, just struggles there. And uh, Chuck, you're you're always there. Maybe you have a better feel, but it's just been a hard place to play. Some of it's been Florida's just had really really good teams at times. Yeah, they finally got that streak broken, and and um, you know Florida's uh, again. I, I look at this year's Florida team and the way they've scored points in the last two ball games, and I look at this Arkansas team and the way they frankly, have not scored points uh, in the last two ball games. Low 50s, mid-60s, and Florida's been in the mid-80s twice. Um, I do think it'll be uh, more of an offensive game Saturday, but I think you better come ready to score. I mean, look, Ole Miss put 100 on the board last night. You know, this is a, this is a, a Chris Beard coach team that used to, like, win with games in the 50s. That was kind of their M.O., and uh, they're hanging 100 on them. So, you know, it sounds like Saturday's got the potential for an offensive kind of game. I want to go back to where Brian originally started his call on the McCarty-Daniel hotline talking about Sark. We mentioned his name earlier as a possible candidate. I think Alabama is a better job than Texas. I know that Texas is flushed with cash. There is not as much tradition winning championships in Austin as there is in Tuscaloosa. Maybe that's attractive for Sark. Maybe it's not. But you brought up the term out-of-the-box hire. Uh, we got a text in from Jerry on the McCarty Daniel hotline mentioning Jim Harbaugh. Now, he just won in against Alabama in the conference semifinals. He's a Michigan alum, seems to bleed blue, and has these NFL offers, pretty much any job he wants, it seems like, potentially could await him at the National Football League. Is there any way whatsoever that Alabama makes the most surprising move that would just cause a circus in the sport and landing Jim Harbaugh, or is that just a just an inconceivable thought at this point? <laughs> I don't even think it's worthy of discussion. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. 
I don't think they're going after Tech. I think I really think they're going to go after someone off the the Alabama tree, the Saban tree. I think it, ultimately, and, and the reason is if you look at some of the best coaches out there, some of the young up and comers, someone you might want that's in their forties. And Nick Saban, I think, was fifty five when they hired him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, it isn't a requirement, but I, I don't think you want to hire. You know, we've had some text in about Belichick or Pete Carroll. They're not hiring someone the same age as Saban or the yeah. same era as Saban. You want someone that's got a little bit of runway in front of them. So, um, you know, Sark would fit that that MO. I want to go back to what we talked about earlier, point I brought up, and I keep going back to this. I've watched a lot of coaching changes at a lot of places over the years. Lots of times you go from one extreme to the other. You go get the opposite-type personality. Now, I'm of the opinion that the Alabama job requires a larger-than-life guy. But they may go in the opposite direction. They might try to get a guy like Kalen DeBoer. Uh, Mike Norvell at Florida State. Um, you know, that's a, that's, that's a tough place to coach, too. There are a lot of expectations there. Um, they might go in a different direction in, in, in terms of overall personality. You know, you got to look at the hiring history of their athletic director, Greg Byrne. It's the guy that hired Nate Oates. It's the guy that's been at other places and has a hiring track record. Bosses tend to hire guys that remind them of themselves. I mean, they generally do that. Similar type personalities. Mm -hmm. And you may see something along those lines. But I I don't think this came out of the blue. Um, I think it's been planned. And I think Alabama knows the direction they're going. Got a couple texts. Cody Bidenville says Urban Meyer. Uh, Dan Lanning's brought up out of someone from the 501. Then Michael in Pottsville suggested dark quarters could be Brian Kelly yeah. in regards to that Tuscaloosa, which I have not seen anywhere on a on a board at uh, all. Well. I think here, here's a take, and you guys can disagree. Or I, LSU to me is a better job than Alabama, especially after Nick Saban. I would if I was. Well, the, they're both pretty good jobs. Yeah, I'll just put it that way. They're they're they're. I mean, we could debate the fine points, but they're both awfully good jobs. I don't think Brian Kelly's going to be the guy that they uh, hired Alabama. Well, Grant, I mean, okay. I mean, look, let let's let's uh, let's be honest. When something like this happens, all anybody does. I mean, from the guys that are on ESPN right down to what we're doing right now. When people start throwing names around, all they're doing is guessing. Yeah, because. Um, you know, sometimes there's a tendency to want to go away from what you've had, and you might not want to go through the Saban tree. Um, I don't think Sark's going to be the guy either. Well, speaking of going a different way, I'm going to go a different way on this Nick Saban stuff. Guys, I'm happy to see him leave. I'm so sick and tired, and it is going to be an absolute media just love, lavishing love fest the next week or so on Nick Saban, the accomplishments, all this stuff. See you later. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Now, if you want to stay in college football, that's great. Just don't be a head coach in the SEC. Arkansas either went to Tuscaloosa or he came to Fayetteville and you never beat him. Never beat him one time when he was the head coach at Alabama. And I realize again, there are so many things he did for the sport and stuff, but I'm glad to see him go. Sayonara. Don't after ever after play him again. You don't feel that way, Chuck. I'm guessing you don't feel that way either. But golly, I was happy when that came across my timeline yesterday. I, I, I don't know what you're talking about in terms of what you think I think. I, I, I think everybody in the league from a football perspective is glad Saban's gone. I, I don't I don't think any See you later. I think I, I wouldn't say it quite like that, but I don't think anybody's sorry to, you know, um, see the goat leave. 
you know, from a competition standpoint, but I think everyone can still appreciate what he's done there. Yeah, and I don't believe for a second, though, that Nick Saban's presence at Alabama is the reason you haven't hung a title on, on, on the wall or claimed a national championship or a yeah, you could make a case for the Western Division maybe in 10 and 11, but LSU was pretty darn good at that point, too. I mean, Nick Saban's greatness is, you know, there's nothing to debate there. But I don't think if someone else had been there all along and Alabama had been more pedestrian, Arkansas's now somehow all, raked in all these championships. All I know is all of Arkansas's SEC championships appearances came prior to Nick Saban getting to Tuscaloosa. Once he got there, he played a role not just in this league. He affected Arkansas. He affected numerous coaches that have been fired during his watching time in Tuscaloosa because, again, he you think Arkansas ever fired set, a coach because they weren't Nick Saban? I think that that's more speaking to LSU and Auburn if you want to narrow it down to two schools. But I do think that Arkansas has, again, every single year that you have played him in Tuscaloosa, you have lost a game, which has changed the trajectory of some coaches. Is it – I mean, again, I'm just happy to see Let's, him go. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't – yeah, I mean, I hear what you're saying. I, I don't think our, 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 our problems are because Nick Saban's been the coach at no, Alabama. That's, that's what I'm um, saying. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that. But I do think that, um, you know, Alabama is going to struggle to be as good as they've been. I'll just put it that way. Now, Nick Saban was legendary for a number of reasons, and occasionally he would go off at a press conference, which was always entertaining. You do what everybody else in the media does, just create some and throw it on the wall and see what sticks, which is what I see happening everywhere. Why don't you start calling around and see if you can get somebody else to play us, and we'll play them. We'll play anybody you can get to play us. You know, all that stuff you write about how good we are and all that stuff they hear on ESPN, it's like poison. You know what I mean? It's like taking poison, like rat poison. So we're going to play everybody who can expedite winning the game. That's what, that's what we're going to do. So I don't think anybody should expect us to do anything else. Do you guys take math? Do you have math class? Don't, don't, can you, did you learn how to add when you did have math class? Like 22 and 3 make 25? I mean, if I could tell you why you asked that question, I, hell, I wouldn't be up here. Right? I mean, so how do I know why we didn't practice good on Wednesday? Now you all scared to ask another question? Oh, the good old Nick Saban rants. Those will, nev- those will be timeless even after his day is done which was as of yesterday. Well, and uh, it's the end of an era. End of an era in the SEC, uh, certainly the end of an era in uh, Tuscaloosa. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.